0: The uneasiness, the feelings of frustration were very much on full display. And there are certain days where you're going to get that. A world where you're not dealing with your regular routine. A world in which you're not dealing with the regularity of what you would expect This time of the year when it comes to the world of sports. And I know the baseball players were all over this on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, The networks did a phenomenal job putting all sorts of baseball programming out there. So for somebody like me that was just kind of dying for a fix. Anyway, anyhow, I was able to get that fix when it comes to Old school opening days, great playoff and World Series games. I know ESPN had a couple of home run derbies on. So baseball at least was present, even when it is not present in New York City that has been ravaged here by this disease. Or you talk about our country that doesn't have baseball being played when it's the time of the year when we should be digging in when we should be digging deep and getting ready to start anew when it comes to a new baseball year. Not kiss, Not in this current reality. But maybe it's because of everything that's going on in the world. Then I talked about this yesterday with, what, two days ago, three days ago? I don't even know. I mean, all these days, they kind of blend together. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What's the difference, for goodness sakes? I mean, does it really matter? It really does not. That said, one of these shows earlier in the week, we talked about the most agonizing individual sports loss you've ever experienced as a fan. And sure enough, a game that I mentioned at the top of that show and a game that many of you called in and discussed was Game 7 of the 2001 World Series with the Yankees and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And after I had played a game of the show... With our buddy Eric Hubbs over at Barstool, we uh, connected, did a little live stream, shot the you-know-what with you guys. We had a really good time doing that. I'm going to do a bunch more of those. Hubbs and I had a great time doing it. He won in dramatic fashion because, you know, I went with the Philadelphia Phillies, and let's just say their bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. It was not pleasant in the eighth or the ninth inning, but nonetheless, after I finished up our game at MLB The Show, I saw that Fox Sports 1 was re-airing the entirety of Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. And, of course, over the years, I have seen highlights. I've seen the Luis Gonzalez play, unfortunately, like 10 zillion times. Um, I've seen the Alfonso Soriano home run off the ankles. It's still amazing to me that Soriano was able to take that ball and yak it out of the stadium. But I decided, because there wasn't a whole lot going on, I wanted to enjoy some baseball. I wanted to be in the middle of a baseball fix. I said, you know what? I'm sitting down and I am watching this entirety of the ballgame. Now, I got in around the second inning. So, I might have missed the top half and the bottom half of the first inning. But, from the second inning on, I was dialed in to what, in my opinion, whether you're a Yankee fan, whether you're a Yankee hater, you have to acknowledge the gravity of that game and where it now stands in baseball history when you talk about one of the best World Series games ever played, one of the most exciting World Series games ever played. It may not be number one on your list. Maybe it is. I know it's going to be hurtful for a good amount of the audience. But my goodness, what a hell of a baseball game that was. And there were so many little things rewatching Game 7 of the World Series that in many ways you take for granted. Because, look, we all know what the narrative is. The Yankees have a lead, six outs away. Mariano comes in and strikes out the side in the bottom half of the eighth inning. But then in the ninth inning, all hell breaks loose. But before you even get to that ninth inning, think about how awesome from... A neutral party standpoint. Take the fandom out of it for a minute. I know that's tough for me to do. I know it's tough for many of you to do. But look at it neutrally. You got Roger Clemens and Curt Schilling going at it in a winner-take-all Game 7. And they were both sensational. How many times in baseball, whether it's over the course of a regular season or whether it's during the postseason, you have this highly touted pitching matchup. And it doesn't live up to the billing. I remember 99 game three. We had it with Roger Clemens and Pedro Martinez in the LCS. And the game was over in the second inning because Clemens got absolutely tattooed and Pedro Martinez pitched the gem. Even in 2003, in game seven of the LCS, it again was Pedro and Clemens and Roger Clemens was knocked out early. But this was a game in which Schilling and Clemens were stupendous. Game was scoreless going into the bottom half of the sixth inning. Schilling, unhittable. Clemens, unhittable. And Fox did a great job. Even though it was 2001, the technology is almost, what, 20 years old, give or take? They had Bob Brenly miked in the dugout. And they got a great shot of him after Danny Bautista is turned loose to score the first run of that game. They basically get Bob Brenly mic'd up saying, I'm going to give him one shot. I'm going to give him one swing, otherwise I'm bunting. He gives him that one shot and he hits a double up the gap. But what I forgot is how sensational a relay did you get from Derek Jeter nailing Bautista at third base. I mean, that was a sensational, sensational play. And remember, Jeter was hobbled going into that game seven which, of course, you remember in the bottom half of the ninth inning. But the way he kind of pirouettes, takes the ball, throws it over to third base to get Bautista, I was like, wow, that is one of the best defensive plays that Derek Jeter probably made in his career, and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Now, listen, in comparison, it's not going in his stands against Boston. It's not the flip playing game three, the division series earlier that postseason against Oakland or... Even the dive play in the stands in Game 5 of that series. But that was an unbelievable play. Considering the magnitude of the game and what it meant. And then you see the Yankees get the showing in the top half of the seventh. And how good were those Yankee teams? I mean, my goodness. Now, this was the end of the dynasty as we knew it. But every guy in that lineup, it felt like you had confidence in a late game, big game situation they were going to come through. From O'Neill to Jeter to Bernie, Tino had the game-tying hit. Up and down that lineup, there was a clutch factor. There was this kind of confidence about that group that they never felt intimidated. They were never spooked by the moment. And we've seen other Yankee teams since, specifically those mid-2000 teams, where they were absolutely spooked by the moment. No question about it. But you guys all know, that eighth inning, the Yankees were on the verge of winning their fifth title in six years. They're on the verge of winning their fourth consecutive World Series. And you go and you rewatch Alfonso Soriano taking the ball at the ankles with two strikes and golfing it out. The emotion in that Yankee dugout, they thought they won the World Series. Now they weren't overconfident. They weren't cocky. They had Mariano. Of course, they felt like they were going to win the World Series. Because when Mariano had a lead like that, he didn't lose. That Soriano home run would have gone down as one of the most iconic home runs in the history of the New York Yankee franchise. No other way around it. Game seven of the World Series, tie game in the eighth inning. You hit a homer to take the lead off that pitch against Kurt Schilling, that home run would be talked about forever here in this town, forever in Major League Baseball. Now, it kind of goes down as one of those incredible clutch moments that gets completely forgotten and in, in over the course of time. And I was trying to think of a few as I was watching the game. Rajay Davis had one in the World Series back in 16, that great, great World Series with the Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. I DVR'd that game. I didn't get a chance to watch it. But that's something that's going to be on the agenda over the next few days. That was such a phenomenal game. But Davis hit that home run off of Chapman to tie it. Somebody had pointed out to me on Twitter, and it's a very, very good observation. Josh Hamilton in Game 6 to the 2011 World Series hit a home run to give the Texas Rangers the lead. That gets forgotten about because of how St. Louis tied that game and ultimately won that game. There was a Mets example that was brought up to me that was quite good too. Mike Piazza tying the game in the top half of the eighth inning when the Mets were down big in a 99 NLCS. And then, of course, it's forgotten because of Kenny Rogers walking in the winning run in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Or whenever it was. Maybe it was the ninth. Maybe it was actually just Don't remember off the top of my head. And there was one last year. The Yankee fans doing well. LeMayu homering off Osuna to tie the sixth game of the LCS. A homer that also, over the course of time, will be forgotten. Because of how that game ended. But it's amazing how certain home runs over the course of time, certain moments over the course of time, get enhanced over the years. And get forgotten over the years. That story on a home run would have been as iconic as it gets. But it's forgotten because of what happened in the bottom half of the ninth inning. And look. For a guy who was as perfect as Mariano. For a guy who was as dominant as Mariano. Baseball, I don't care who you are. It's a humbling game. Cheap single from Mark Grace. And Mariano threw a cutter. On the J-Bell bunt. And I've always thought this for years. Jeter was so hobbled. So hobbled. Couldn't really move much. Had to almost play that like he was a first baseman trying to stretch and make the play. I wonder if Derek Jeter is right. If he gets off the bag, catches it, and tags Mark Grace or whoever the pinch runner was going to second base. Could have easily happened. What hurts? Even more than that, though. Rewatching the game. And I remember this at the time. Jay bell bunts right back to Mariano Rivera. First it was Damian Miller. Then it's J-Bell. Rivera, like a cat, throws it at third base. Brocious had Bell dead to rights at first base. He had him dead to rights at first base. Didn't throw the baseball. So instead of that inning being a runner on second two outs, it's first and second one out. The way you go after Tony Womack, the way Tony Womack is approaching that at bat. I mean, so many different variables change. If you got a runner on second, two outs, as opposed to first and second with one out. We know what happened. Two strikes, Rivera made too good a pitch, or not good enough a pitch, I should say. Bloop double, he hits Craig Council, and I couldn't kill Joe Torre for playing the infield up with Mariano. Just for the simple fact, Mariano was the king of giving up soft contact. You have to cut that run off at the plate. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. it's a bloop over the head of Derek Jeter. What in the world are you going to do? But he hits a little weak ground ball and you can't get the run because you're playing your shortstop and your second baseman back. It would have been the same critique for Joe Torre. It was not meant to be. It's one of those games that if you rewatch it, it hurts. But you should marvel in many ways of how that World Series was even competitive. McCarver and Buck were talking about it during the broadcast, which was fascinating. It's so fascinating to hear a broadcast from like 19 years ago. And Joe Buck is great. I mean, listen, I know he has his haters. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's absolutely stupendous. Like when he does a game, especially in baseball, more so baseball than football. It gives off this sort of like big game type feel to it. Like when he does a baseball game, it's like, all right, this game matters. And you know it matters. But they were talking about the scoring disparity in that World Series compared to 1960. Where the Yankees, as you know, outslugged the Pirates for three games but lost four close games. Ended up being a difference with the Mazeroski home run. 2001, it's like in many ways Arizona was validated by the baseball gods, for, yeah, being the better team in that series. They were better. The Yankees went on two incredible swings, two incredible moments in Game 4 and Game 5, where the ghosts of Yankee Stadium were alive, where the Yankees fed off the energy of that surreal crowd that was reeling emotionally after everything that went on with September the 11th. But you go back and watch that game, as painful as it may be, Game 7, 2001, you are watching, you are witnessing one of the best baseball games I think that's been played over the last 30 or so years. It is right there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.